Shabbos Dav Gimel, I apologize that we fell behind on videos because of Purim and the seam that we had in Shushan Purim. Bezer Hashem, by tomorrow we'll be all caught up. According to Shmuel, anytime it says in our Masechta that a person that does a Malacha, that has action to it, he's Potter, it means Potter Avil Asr. Midr Rabbanon, it is Asr. Besides three cases that a person took action, and it's completely Mutter, even Midr Rabbanon. And that is, if person A traps a deer in a room and he stands by the door, he's Chayv Midr Raisa. Person B comes and keeps him company for a minute, and then person A disappears. Person B is completely potter because he didn't add anything to the trapping. In a case where a person traps a snake because he's worried that the non-poisonous snake will bite him and cause him pain, he's completely potter and mutter because he's not doing it to catch a snake, he's doing it to prevent himself harm. And the third case is, if a person removes pus from within a zit, he's completely potter and mutter because he's not trying to make a hole in his body, he's trying just to remove and relieve the pain. Our Mishnah in the ratio where a person extends his hand and he's just passive, and somebody puts an object from one domain to another, into another domain, into his hand, it's potter and mutter. But the reason why it's not brought down in Shmuel's case is because he didn't take any action. He's passive. He's just standing there. In our Mishnah, we have eight cases. The first four cases are cases where people are chayiv midirais on the Isra of Yitzah, and that is because they accomplished two things. They did an akira and a hanacha. They uprooted an object from one domain and placed it in another domain. The four cases in the Seifa, it was a combination of two people, one did an Akira, one did a Hanacha. Now if you look at it, it's eight cases, but in fact we have 16 cases, because we're talking about 16 different individuals. And in some cases, one individual did an Akira, the other individual did a Hanacha, and it's two different cases, two different Isurim. Why doesn't the Mishnah count them as 16 cases? Well, the first four cases you can't count as eight cases, because... The second individual is completely potter and motor. He's not doing anything. He's just standing like a statue, holding out his hand. So we're not going to count those four cases as eight people. But what about in the Seifa, that the four cases are two individuals. One is doing an Akira, that should be one Alacha. And one is doing a Hanacha, and that should be a second Alacha. We should count those four cases as eight cases. The answer is, because the mission is only counting cases that can lead us to an Isidereisa that you would have to bring a carbon. The only person that could get to that case of is the, reza, is the person that starts the Malacha. The person that does the Akira, he could also do Hanacha. But the person that does the Hanacha can never get to Isidur Reza because he didn't do the beginning of the, of the, of the case. He only did the end where, where you have to do an Akira and Hanacha in order to be Chayv Reza. Even though two people did one Malacha, there's no reason to have them bring a Karvan because the Pasuk says, Mi'am so. One person who does the entire melacha, brings a carbon, shnaim shasua, two people that do a melacha, are potter. Rav asked, Rebbe, what's the halacha if a person doesn't lift up the object, rather his friend puts it on his shoulder, and he starts walking. Says, Rebbe, walking is considered an akira. You lift up your feet, and you move outside. However, a hand is not considered an akira. Why? Because the hand never moved. The hand is part of the body, it's moving, but the body never moved anywhere. Says Reb Chia, who is Rav's uncle, he tells Rav, didn't I tell you many times, don't ask your Rebbe questions in another Masechta where he's not holding. You might embarrass him. What if he doesn't know the answer, and he might say something wrong? You're lucky that Rebbe is a Gadol, and he knows everywhere, and in fact, he said exactly like it says in the Brayzer. Says Abayah, we see from the fact that if an Ani, a person standing with Shusha Rabbim, and extends his hand into Rishus Hayachid, and somebody removes the object from his hand, we don't view that removal of the object from his hand as if he removed it from Rosh Hashanah 
although the person's body is in Rosh Hashanah, but his hand is somewhere else. On the flip side, if somebody standing in Rosh Hashanah, extends his hand into Rosh Hashanah, somebody removed an object from his hand, we don't view it as if he removed it from Rosh Hashanah, even though his hand is an extension to his body. But ask Sabaya, maybe we should view that hand. You're right, the hand is not a Rosh Hashanah, and it's not a Rosh Hashanah. It doesn't go by the body, and it doesn't go where it's at. It's something in between. Perhaps we should view it as the Rabbanon Carmelist. In other words, there should be a penalty here. For somebody that extends his hand out into another domain, he should not let it be able to bring his hand back into the original domain as a penalty. Now, the Gemara brings a contradiction from two prices and makes six shatim. How we could explain the contradiction? One price says that if you extend your hand into another domain, you're allowed to retrieve your hand and bring it back into the house. The other price says that if you take your hand from Rosh Hashanah and put it into Rosh Hashanah, you're not allowed to retrieve your hand. So the Gemara Pshat number one, maybe, the Brises argue whether or not your hand is considered a Carmelist, just like Abayi's question. If it's considered a Carmelist, I can understand that you're not allowed to bring your hand back in, because you're not allowed to bring one domain into another domain. Another Pshat is, everybody agrees that the hand is a Carmelist. But we all know that above 10 Tfachim in Rosh Hashanah is not considered Rosh Hashanah at all. It's a Mokim Ptur. So one Brises is talking about that he extended his hand over 10 Tfachim. Therefore, he's allowed to bring his hand back in, because it's not going from Rosh Hashanah to Rosh Hashanah. But under 10 Tfachim, you're not allowed to bring your hand back in. Another shot is, no, everybody's talking about, both Bryce are talking about below 10 Tfachim. And the question is, one Bryce is talking about that he extended his hand before Shabbos, on Friday. Therefore, he's allowed to bring it back in. Says Gemara, well, you could say a reverse logic here. If a person extends his hand before Shabbos, perhaps he shouldn't be allowed to bring his hand back in. Why? Because even if he would bring his, back, his hand back in on Shabbos, he wouldn't be over Isra the Raisa. Even if he put his the object that he's holding his hand down in Rosh Hashanah, he wouldn't be obvious to the rice. Why? Because he started the Akira on Friday. In order to be obvious to the rice, you have to do Akira and Anoch on Shabbos. Whereas, if he extended his hand on Shabbos and he put the object down after he got tired, let's say, in Rosh Hashanah, then he would be obvious to the rice. Maybe in that case, we are lenient with him and say that he's allowed to bring his hand back in. So, well, if that's the case, if you're using that logic, then the, the question that we're going to have tomorrow, in a situation where a person puts bread in an oven on Shabbos, and it takes a couple of minutes for the bread to bake. And he realizes that they're going to stone him if the, the, the bread bakes. Is he allowed to remove it on Shabbos? Now, removing bread on Shabbos, Redia, is the Isidur Rabbana. Do we allow him to do Isidur Rabbana to save his life? According to what you just told me, you're allowed to. Because the Rabbana didn't say that a person should lose his life because of the Isidur Rabbana. So the Gemara goes into that, do we say that kind of story or not? Another explanation to explain the, the contradiction in the Brises is, one Brise that says you're allowed to bring your hand back is talking about that he did it by accident. But the Brise that says that you can't bring your hand back out is talking about that he did it by Mazid. Another shot is, both of them are talking that he did it by The question is, do we penalize somebody for doing a Shagig? Because he might lie in a case that he did Mazid. Anytime somebody does Mazid, he'll say, well, I can bring my hand back in because I was a Shagig. And finally, the Gemara says everybody might agree that we don't penalize somebody Shagig or to Mazid. So what's the question? The question is, in a case where a person extended his hand and put the object in his friend's chatzar. That's when it's asr. But if a person brings it back into his own chatzar, that's when it's mother because he didn't accomplish anything. He didn't remove something from his domain. Whatever he tried to do, it went right back to where it was. And therefore, that is mother. Have a wonderful day.